Hello and welcome to another episode of The Grey NATO, a loose discussion of travel, diving, driving gear, and most certainly watches. This is episode 185, and it's proudly brought to you by the recently formed TGN Supporter Crew. We thank you all so much for your continued support of the show, and if you'd like to support the show, please visit thegreynato.com for more details. Jason, how are we doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Yeah, it's uh, it's warming up. We had some big fluffy snowflakes yesterday, but it's uh, the forecast shows nothing but spring weather coming up, and I'm very very pleased to see that. <laughs> I uh, I was ho- I'm hoping for the same. They're saying that later in the week here in Toronto, by the time this comes out, we'll actually be seeing double digits uh, as far as Celsius goes. Yeah, and and I do hope that's the case. But right now, it's it's snowing pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's the swan song of, of winter. Let's let's call it that. Yeah, yeah, we're getting a, we're getting a little slice of it, but yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping for a warmer weekend and uh, and that sort of stuff. So uh, it'd be exciting if it if it came to uh, came to be. Yeah, I got um, you know a few episodes back, I talked about these ice bug cleat uh, running shoes that I got that I was running in and over the winter, and um, I I recently got some warm weather running shoes as well, um, which I have yet to try. I might try them today. And they are, I shouldn't say Swiss made, they are Swiss designed. It's these, this brand on O-N. I think Roger Federer was an investor, early investor in the company and he wears them for tennis, but they've become quite, quite popular. I've gotten great reviews and uh, yeah, I'm excited to give them a, give them a try. They, they look sharp and they're, um, they're nice and cushy and yeah, so that'll be my, my dry pavement uh, set of shoes for, for the coming season here. So I'm excited. That's great. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's fantastic. I'm uh, I'm just just starting to look into running and getting my my uh, road bike kind of tuned up. Um, it needs a new set of tires and some other work done. Uh, but it's it's nice to be kind of planning these things, right? It sure is. Yeah, I I took the wax off my skis and I uh, I aired up the bike tires and lubed the chain on Gashani's and my bikes. And so we're it's uh, it's that time. Put the sweaters in mothballs and and move forward. <laughs> so excited. Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned the. The supporter crew, like we always do at the beginning, and now we're what mid March, and we've had uh, we launched our kind of supporter crew campaign in mid November. It's already been four months. It's amazing. Yep. We've we've built such a big big community. I just it just occurred to me as you said uh, the recently formed, and it's uh, it's been a while now, and it's fantastic. It's great. It's going so well. Yeah, no, it's been incredible. We're already looking forward to um, uh, we're going to do another big push in November f- to keep people, you know, on the hundred dollars a year. So there'll be a, a new bundle uh, that we're starting to plan out, uh, which I'm pretty excited about. Yeah. And uh, and it's just nice to have uh, the comments and the support. And like my final notes today came from the supporter crew. There's this sort of feedback loop now that we have that's more direct. And, and I love you know, in, in the last couple months, we've had a few brands come forward and say like, hey, we'd love to advertise. We finally got on that Manscaped. We got on their email so that they, they were offering to advertise Manscaped. Not something I think we would have done, uh, but it's really nice just to simply write back and say, you know what, we're, we don't do any advertising. Yeah. You know, that, that could change someday, but at the moment, we're very happy with how it is. And, uh, and you know, if the right partner came along with the right project, I could, I could make an exception, but just reading ads. Right. I'm so thrilled to not have to do that and really feel like we make the show for the listener specifically, which is a, which is a fun thing. Um, Also speaking of fun stuff, we're, we're, uh, we're kicking off the TGN auction. We talked about it last week. This is an auction in support of uh, uh, the humanitarian crisis uh, in Ukraine. Uh, Jason, you want to fill in some of the details? Yeah. um, You know, we, we introduced the idea on episode 184 last week and, you know, since then, I mean, I've even seen a real uptick or almost a explosion of, of auctions from various, corners of, of 
social media and the internet, uh, including the the watch community, which has been really encouraging. And, you know, there's so much need that I don't think there are ever going to be too many of these auctions. No. And, and we chose specifically to benefit the uh, International Committee of the Red Cross. They've been um, really doing a lot of good work in Poland and, and other bordering areas of Ukraine and within Ukraine in terms of just, you know, helping with the refugee crisis and getting people food and medical help and all of that sort of thing. They seem like a really solid organization to whom we can we can offer some some measure of support. And, and we have this great platform with with all these great listeners. And so we thought that we would put together uh, a bit of a an auction kit, you know, like a, a package of, of various products that are very much in our, in our wheelhouse, kind of core TGN stuff. And we put the call out to, to various, uh, you know, to anybody really that wanted to respond and maybe contribute something. And we've gotten some, mm-hmm. some pretty stellar stuff. And I think, I think whoever comes out on top uh, with, the, with the winning bid for this is going to be really, really happy. And we'll, we'll kind of announce the, the list here in a bit, but um, the, the kind of overall conduct of this auction is going to be that, that it will be open as of now, as of, uh, I guess, 6 a.m. Eastern or thereabouts, uh, whenever this uh, episode goes live and, and we will put a post up on the TGN Instagram feed at the Grey NATO. And we're going to run it until 10 p.m. Eastern North American time on Wednesday, the 23rd. Basically, we're just going to take bids on that Instagram post. And the, the winner, the winning bid, will then go ahead and pay the, the Red Cross. And we'll put a link uh, where to bid directly and then just send us a receipt so that the person who does have the winning bid actually gets some, uh, you know, a tax benefit, uh, right. tax deduction benefit by, uh, by paying directly. And, uh, and as soon as we see that, that proof or that receipt, uh, we'll try to get that package shipped off by the 29th of March. I'm, I'm leaving for some travel on the 30th and I'd love to, to get this box of, of goodies out the door to, uh, to whomever mm-hmm. wins that. And the auction's open to anyone that lives where, where FedEx delivers because we're, we're using FedEx as we've done for our supporter kit and I've done for my books and they've just done a great job getting products all over the world. The only caveat, I guess, to all this is that, you know, you're on the hook for any local taxes uh, and, you know, the package will be sent from me here in, in Minneapolis. So, you know, if there's any sort of import duties or anything on the, on the products, you'll, you'll have to cover that. But, uh, James, you want to kind of talk through a few of the, the items we're offering? I think it's a really, really cool list. This, this is fun. And, and what I recommend is if you're listening to this, like, like Jason said, the, um, the, the auction itself is open. So if you want to go see the, the actual list of what's here, rather than just listening, you can just go to the Grey NATO's Instagram account and, uh, and check it out. But it's a it's a it's a pretty impressive list. Um, some of this that uh, Jason and I have kind of offered up, and some that uh, brands were so kind to kind of step in, listeners, and uh, and throw some stuff in. So we've got a, a copy of Depth Charge, which will be personally signed, not by me, of course. <laughs> uh, Submechanophilia baseball cap. Uh, Jason uh, previously produced a run of posters that used uh, when sex was safe as like a Doxa ad poster. I have one; they're super fun. One of those. Braymont stepped up with one of their new Folly MB clocks. So, uh, so it's a wall clock that looks like the dial of, a, of an MB, yeah. uh, which is super rad. Our, our friends at Tactile Turn are offering up a, a pen, a really awesome pen that'll be in there. The folks from Super Alpine stepped up with um, their Chamonix travel guide. So again, that'll be in there. Wonder State Coffee is going to offer up some coffee and an AeroPress kit. The fine folks at Cantonment have a Cantonment set uh, that'll be in there as well. And then we have a Colson Keen number 111 leather bound journal. This is via a listener, Mike. Thank you very much. 
Uh, the next one is is really touching uh, for both Jason and I, with given our history with Hodinkee. Uh, our friends at Hodinkee figured out that we were doing this, and uh, they're offering up a Benrus Type 1, a Grey NATO, a Heaton Bund, and a roll case, all as a kit. So that's the kind of watch focus of this one. For other folks that offered up watches, we just wanted to stick with one, especially for customs reasons, if the winner ends up being outside of the States. Uh, so this one will be uh, a Benrus Type 1 with a sort of TGN-themed kit, couldn't be more thankful for um, for that from Hodinkee, of course. And then we've got a Patagonia Black Hole 25-liter backpack, a, a Vario SG travel case, and then the final one. And this will be an option. You you won't have any pressure if you if you win the the um, the auction. But as a final offering, uh, Jason and I will send you a microphone, and uh, and you'll have the option of being a guest on an upcoming episode of TGN. We'll work around your schedule and your comfort. We'll make sure that it's really fun and easy. But if you if that sounds like a, a good time, then we're more than happy to include that. And 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 that's the list at this point. It's a long, it's a long list. It's a lot of amazing stuff. Oh man, it really is. I'm really touched by the response from you know brands that listen to the show. Um, these aren't things where like we sent an email asking. We just said if you know, like you guys all heard, that's all we put out. So these are people that actively listen to the show, like the rest of you. And uh, this is going to be super fun. Um, and uh, yeah, everything from books to pens to watches to straps to all sorts of goodies, a, a solid backpack and a chance to be on the show. Uh, this is this is a list that, you know, I've, I've got a few of these items, obviously, but uh, boy, I'd love to I'd love to have that folly clock on my wall and, and that mm-hmm. Benrus on my wrist. And, uh, you know, you and I both love, uh, you know, the, the Patagonia stuff. And I mean, this is this is just tremendous. I mean, everything, yeah. everything from coffee to a to a writing journal. Uh, so cool. So cool. And most of that will ship in a single box. Uh, a couple of these things, the brands have offered to do their own drop shipping to make it even easier. Yeah. So we'll, we'll organize that with the final uh, winner, the high, the high bidder. Once we've got the, yeah, the, the, just the proof of the payment to the, uh, ICRC. Yeah. And we, we just want to say a quick thanks to, to everybody who responded. You know, we, we did, uh, turn down a few people, not, not because we didn't like what, what they were offering, but we had, uh, we had a pretty good list going and we didn't want to kind of duplicate up on, on a few of mm-hmm. these things like, uh, you know, straps and watches and things like that, even though, even though people offered. So, uh, we really appreciate all the response and, and the, and the support for this. And, uh, we, we're, we're confident it's going to be a really good, good auction for a really good cause. So, uh, super excited for this. Yeah. So swing by the gray NATO on Instagram, the auction ends, like Jason said, 10 PM ET Wednesday, the 23rd. So that's uh, nearly a week that it's going to run for. And we're very, very excited about this. And uh, if we see the opportunity to do more in the future, uh, maybe we can make this something we, d- we do even more more frequently. You know, we did this back for the uh, ACLU uh, a couple years back. We auctioned off um, my beloved uh, Halios yeah. and uh, uh, to great results. So this, we wanted to kind of pump the gas here and and make it something super in the space of TGN. And, and, and I think this will work out. So yeah. uh, check it out if you like. If you have any issues, I wouldn't DM the TGN account. Uh, send us an email at thegraynado.gmail.com where we watch it very carefully. And uh, we certainly will uh, during the window uh, for the auction. So uh, check it out. Share it if you can. Uh, we'll certainly be sharing the post and, and trying to get the word out. So and any support would be amazing. Um, yeah. And just a big thank you to everyone. Yeah, and and you know, speaking of of Ukraine and and humanitarian uh, concerns, uh, you know, I had run across um, as as a million other people did too, uh, President Zelensky of of Ukraine in, in a press conference wearing this olive drab 
t-shirt with with the Ukrainian flag on the chest and I noticed the little 511 tactical logo which is a a brand that I happen to like I like uh, I'm wearing a pair of their pants right now actually they make some really really good stuff um and and he was wearing one of their t-shirts and I kind of just not jokingly but I you know I posted it on my Instagram stories and I said hey 511 make this available in the US and and uh you know donate the proceeds of its sales and and I, somebody had already beat me to that and and sure enough I just uh, a guy wrote me yesterday and and said he works for 511 and that indeed they are doing just that I, I believe they have a limited supply and they might be sold out uh, now but for those of you that might be interested in another way to donate and and pick up a cool cool t-shirt to kind of show the spirit here um you know we can throw that link in the show notes too and they might be sold out by the time this episode goes live but uh, but who knows really really good on them for for stepping up in that regard too absolutely yeah super cool uh and and a nice thing you know again we, we've we pumped up our own auction but I, I would assume this will be something of a considerable expense and you can you can pick up one of these t-shirts for a much more you know a, a lesser yeah total outlay of cash certainly but it's a it's a cool way to do it because they're donating all the money regardless of whether or not the t-shirts sell yeah so it's just a limited run and the value of that run is going to be donated by 511 yeah uh, which I, I think is really clever so check that out if you want a t-shirt and you want to rep you know you want to rep uh ukraine i think uh i think that's super fun yeah. so all right all right i mean uh, other than that I, i'm back from uh miami so my tan is, I'm sure you can hear it. I mean, it's very <laughs> impressive. Um, How did it feel? What was it like to like blink, blink into the bright I was the sun. only person in Florida with a mask on that like didn't work at a restaurant, right? Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Which is okay. And and I did, I did, obviously for Canada, you do a test to go, you do a test to come back. I did another test a couple of days later. Yeah. Luckily the, the availability of rapid testing mm-hmm. um, has really kind of diminished the stress level. Yeah. The overall yeah. experience, you know, it was a short flight, so you didn't really deal with the like the mask pain and the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd say for the most part, it was nice. It's super nice to just like witness what 30, de- 30 degrees feels like, you know, 90 <laughs> Fahrenheit. Right, right. Um, it's just like nice and warm. And, and I had to worry about getting a sunburn. And, I, you know, I, I've been to Miami before, but I hadn't spent much more than an evening on South Beach. Yeah. And uh, and I was staying for the Omega thing at a hotel in, in South Beach. And uh, so I went for a long walk the first day I got there because um, we were a little bit a- ahead of the program. Mm-hmm. And I just really enjoyed it. It was nice. It's not, you know, it's nice to be there. It's nice to feel um, normal about travel. Yeah. Uh, it really didn't feel scary or too risky or or, you know, the big my big concern is that because you still have to pass. Well, you have to get a negative on a test to come back. Otherwise, you have to quarantine wherever you are. Oh, yeah. So if it goes wrong, and if it, same thing for watches and wonders, if it goes wrong, I don't get to come home and and yeah. quarantine at my house. I, I'm going to have to stay, at, you know, essentially at a at a a hotel that's prepared to bring the meals and the rest of it Ugh. for ten at least ten days, right? Yeah. And then you have to pass a PCR uh, so that they're sure, and then you can go home. And and it, one thing to deal with that risk in a country where I speak the native language. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a different bit of stress that I I kind of have. It's a, a background kind of noise in my mind right now about watches and wonders. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I might be the only dude doing the mask thing through all the watches <laughs> and wonders as well. I don't know. I don't really know. You know, every every country is a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. And on the topic of watches and wonders, before I forget, because we just sorted out the schedule. Jason's away for the better part of April. Yeah. So we've got this episode today. We've got another episode in a week's time. And then that brings us to the 31st, which is right in the middle of Watches and Wonders. Jason will be away and, and tr- currently traveling at, during that window of time. And, and I'll be tasked with all sorts of stuff for Hodinkee in Geneva. So we're going to take the week of the 31st off. Uh, you know, when we first kind of set up 
people paying for the show, we made it clear that we weren't going to do 52 episodes a year. We're going to do you know a few less than that. And this is one where, sure, we could record an episode in advance, but all that anyone's going to want to hear about are all of the watches that come out on the 30th. Right. And uh, and in that case, we're going to do kind of a, one of our traditional mega episodes. It was the first episode of um, TGN was recorded following um, Basel World, I believe. SIHH. Or no, it was January. Yeah. SIHH. Yeah. So it was, yeah, all luxed out. Yeah. So we're going to do the same sort of thing, a giant episode all about the watches. will be recorded remotely, so we're really hoping the internet and everything works out uh, as well as it does normally. Uh, so that'll be the 7th. And then the rest of the month, we've got like a collection of fun episodes, some that have Jason on them, uh, some that don't. So... If you have any questions about the schedule, any concerns or whatever, you can always drop us a line. But I, I think we've come up with a good plan. And yes, we're taking the 31st off. But I would say if you really want to hear my voice talk about watches that week, maybe check out Hoodinky Radio because we're going to do some coverage from the show. And otherwise, if you want to hear Jason and I go deep on on what we like from the new releases, uh, that'll come out on the 7th. Yeah, that's our housekeeping. Yeah, good rundown. Jeez, I mean, it's yeah. it's it's a uh, it's a busy few weeks coming up here. I'll uh, I'll talk a little more about where I'm going and and what's going on uh, when we get closer to it. But uh, yeah, uh, that first week in, or I guess the overlap between March and April is going to be uh, some crazy days for both of us. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's going to be a busy a busy uh, season um, as it always is. And and honestly, I'm I'm excited to see watches in person and take pictures and do all that. To, I got to do a, you know a day of that in Miami. Yeah. So it is exciting. But I, I want to be upfront because now that people are paying for the show, I, we do feel this like pretty specific burden mm-hmm. to deliver, mm-hmm. not only on the number of episodes but the quality. Yeah. And uh, and if we record seven or eight episodes in two weeks i don't believe those are going to be our best episodes yeah yeah uh, so this way it's kind of a blend we'll have a couple that were pre-recorded we'll have a couple that have fun guests and then we'll have a couple uh that are just recorded or you know at a, a greater distance than toronto to uh, minneapolis right right so i think that should work out uh, yeah. speaking of uh, of great distance <laughs> they found endurance we're a little late on this. The, the timing of the podcast is strange right and and <laughs> we talked about this on the last one i think this happened the day the podcast went out last week, maybe the day after. Yeah. Well, I think they found it on the fifth, but then of course they, they waited to kind of, uh, divulge it to the world. Um, but yeah, I mean, huge news last week and it's funny, you know, we, we've been talking about Shackleton and, and the endurance and, and the book club, Antarctica yeah. you know, a <laughs> lot lately. Uh, you know, I had that history hit uh, final note, which was the, the Dan snow, the guy that was kind of embedded with the search team and, and his regular YouTube uh, missives from, Mm-hmm. from down there and and lo and behold there they were i mean i think they were they were within you know within five days of having to to leave the wet lc and and there it was ten thousand feet deep i mean it's just crazy i mean i i i'm still i still get goosebumps when i look at the the photos the the wreck is in, in amazing shape and and it's so surreal to see high resolution photos of something that always only existed in those um frank hurley sapia you know, photos that, that he took yeah. back in you know, 1916 or whatever. Just crazy. Everyone listening who decided to send a DM to Jason and I or an email, like the moment it came out with a lot of exclamation points. We, we love you guys. The speed and, and the <laughs> attention and the, the fact that you care to, to send an email to us is amazing. It's such a thrilling thing to find, right? Yeah. Because I think this is, this is one of the greatest adventure stories of all time. Easily top five, right? Yeah. And to have to have this footing where, you, like, you know, it's still there. I don't know what that means. It makes me feel like it was so much closer mm-hmm. than it was previously. Like, I, I understand, you know, it, it, the date of of the that whole expedition, the several years, 
hasn't changed at all, but it feels so much more modern than it did two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, much more immediate. I, mean, I can't wait for the documentary. I'm so fascinated by the technology that that's used to hunt shipwrecks these days. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, they were using this Saab, Saab-built uh, autonomous underwater vehicle to, to do the searching. And they, you know, they had to do it through the ice. And, and at one point, their research vessel got stuck in the ice and they had to rock it free and, you know, keep the water open so they could launch the the submersible um 150 vehicle. square mile. They, yeah. Can you imagine how much work that is? I know. I know. And to find it. Yeah. What does that feel like? I, yeah. I would love, and like I said, I can't wait for this documentary, but if we can get somebody from this team, if they do a good media run, yeah, um, which I'm sure they're in the middle of, yeah. maybe we can tack onto the back of it, our plucky podcast and, right. uh, and ask some of these questions. Cause like, you know, there's those great, that those great moments from when they found the Titanic and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, you know, the first time that they really put uh, a sub on the Titanic and that this is very exciting sorts of things. And for me, this is bigger than that. Yeah. You know, yeah. maybe may less well known on a global scale Titanic. And of course, no giant movie about it <laughs> yet. Although obviously there's been some really fantastic uh, media made about endurance and Shackleton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is just, this is really cool. We'll put a couple stories in the show notes if you didn't catch it or if you saw it and you were like, "Oh, I'm going to you know wait to to see what 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 comes of of, uh, of the episode." But um yeah. yeah, we'll put a couple notes in there and and take a look uh, if you care. It's 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 crazy the condition it's in. Oh, yeah, I know. And and it was only four nautical miles from where Frank Worsley, the captain, you know, he was their their kind of crack navigator. Um, you know, he recorded its final position using a sextant on the ice when it went down and, and they found it like within four nautical miles. And I don't know yeah. how far the ship would have drifted over a 10,000 foot drop to the bottom of the sea, but that's a pretty narrow margin of error. I mean, that's incredibly uh, drop like a accurate. stone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my apologies to anyone here. Here's some, uh, you know, clomping around in the background. My rabbit is, uh, I don't know, upset uh, with me about something. So I've now banished him to the hallway. Oh. Should be a little quieter. <laughs> Well, I have a similar uh, scenario here and, and, you know, no noise yet, but apologies in advance if, if you get any uh, loud meowing or, or noises here where I think I might have mentioned uh, with regard to my, my fragile Lego models here that, that were cat mm-hmm. sitting for two quite young cats uh, this week. Um, a, a good friend of mine who's actually a veterinary anesthesiologist at the zoo here in Minnesota, he and his uh, wife are on vacation in Belize and they dropped their two cats off here last Friday and we've got them until next Monday. So it's, uh, it's like zero to two cats again. You know, we, we lost both of our cats last year <laughs> and they were quite elderly. And these two, one is nine months old and one is nine years old. So still, so it's, it's been an interesting, uh, adjustment for us over the past few days, but a, a blast. I mean, we love having cats around and it's, it's just so fun, but my sure. gosh, they're, up at four ready to eat and play and you know i'm I'm burning through batteries on the little laser laser pointer toy <laughs> uh which is a great way to tire them out by the way but uh yeah it's a lot of fun and and so far so good That's with great. with the lego models no 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 million pieces of legos on the floor yet and i know i could just put them away to to protect them but i'm, I'm kind of curious to see what what becomes of the saturn five if they even take interest in it <laughs> space buff cat <laughs> Yeah, taking taking the chances yeah, there for yeah. sure. Well, hey, you want to jump into uh, some wrist check, watch talk, that sort of thing? Yeah, let's do it. Mine's kind of boring. I, I talked about the Vertex last week. I'm still wearing it. I guess it's not <laughs> the watch itself isn't boring. It's just the fact that I've, I'm, I'm a repeat uh, 
repeat wearer this week. Uh, I did switch it over to a striped NATO. So kind of one of those old school striped bond NATOs. I think it came from Maritac. It's a, an old one, kind of one of their thick kind of cool NATO straps and mm-hmm. still loving this watch. I mean, it kind of, it really, it's, it's grown on me and I've done, you know, I took it uh, hiking over the weekend and uh, just kind of fits right in. It wears really well and um, it's keeping excellent time. So yeah, that's uh that's what I've got on. You've uh, you've hey. got your new acquisition on again, I think. Yeah, especially with um our friend, you know, friend of the show Cole Pennington and Hodinky launching Watches in the Wild last week. So good. Uh, which is all about the, you know, the 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 birth of the Seiko monster and how it kind of became this sort of base for these um tie le editions including like yellow monsters and some famous stuff yeah uh, so i'm still wearing my monster i absolutely love it i did um buy another seiko <laughs> <laughs> i found i found it's a weird one I'm, I'm not sure i could have picked something further from a monster to follow up my monster purchase so true. actually have it because i can't decide uh if it's the right size for me i, it, I really bought it on curiosity and it was enough that i'll need to make a story out of it uh to 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 get the value out of it but i think it'll be a fun story and a real change of pace for me as far as not only this like you look at the last couple seikos i bought have all been dive watches and this is not a diver in any way at all you know outside of vintage watches i have it might be the least water resistance i've ever purchased in a watch and has it's almost none yeah so yeah that should be fun when it comes in it's supposed to come in i think the day this episode airs so in a couple days time but I'm looking forward to that. But otherwise, yeah, I'm just every time I, I look at another watch, I just think, well, oh, the, the monster's already running. Yeah, right. And uh, I, I went to the uh, Toronto Aquarium yesterday and uh, the, it, it just kind of works there, too. I got some pictures of uh, of of it with uh, sharks in the background, oh, cool. that kind of thing. So I, I, do you yeah, still have it on the bracelet or have you switched it? Yeah, I, I had it on a NATO for about a minute mm. just to try it out. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, this is OK, but yeah. Yeah. I don't want the bracelet. So yeah, it's still on the bracelet. Nice and chunky. Do you think that'll be your, your summer go-to? I know last summer you were, I think it was oh, Aquastar and the Synchron, Synchron a lot. Right? Synchron too, right? In the, in the Synchron. Yeah. 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 The, uh, the military. Um, hard to say, you know, yeah. I, I definitely going to be wearing it a lot this summer uh, just because it's so easy. It's definitely not someone I have to worry about. And, and the loom is help, helpful when you're yeah. in areas that don't always have power. Right. 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 Um, and tents and such. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, who knows, really? Yeah. Got lots of, you know, blessed these days to have lots of great, great uh, sort of dock jumping watches to pick from. Yeah. Uh, man, I can't wait for that season to uh, to come back. No, yeah. No, I can't wait too. I mean, it's uh, not long now. I mean, it was hard to believe, you know, we were hiking on, uh, I guess it was Sunday and it was, it was a nice day. It was very melty, lots of snow still in the woods, but it was, you know, in the mid forties Fahrenheit. And I was telling Gashani, I said, you know, it's hard to believe in two three months time like it's just gonna be lush and overgrown and i mean the, nature just responds so quickly in these northern climates the the window of growing time is so narrow that that the plants just uh just claw for every bit of warmth and daylight it's uh, it's so exciting for sure yeah well hey i think for the the main topic today we're going to talk about the latest new releases from bramont they just did their townhouse uh digitally uh that, that was used to be one of our favorite events of the year the bramont townhouse we'd done uh in london and new york previously and then with the pandemic they started doing them digitally and that's what they've continued doing uh this year which i think is a good choice and it meant that you know a lot of people can see the watches all at the same time mm-hmm. doing it digitally and there's a handful of new watches uh so i, I think that's probably what we'll jump to next but i did want to say like 
if any of you were waiting for kind of a download on the new Omega stuff, I would swing by Hoodinky Radio and, and Hoodinky's website. I'm, I'm writing hands-on for most of the new watches. And I did a whole episode with um, with Nick and Danny about the new pieces. I, I don't know that we need to rehash more of that here. Um, you know, there's some some really cool stuff, certainly. Uh, but I, I'm de- I'm definitely on record already about it, <laughs> Jason. I do hope that uh, that your local Omega spot has an an ultra deep that you can check out sometime soon. Yeah, I can't wait. I noticed that um, my my buddy here uh, at the Omega dealer, from whom I I bought this uh, this white dial Seamaster, uh, I noticed he was in Miami as well, and he posted a wrist shot of himself uh, wearing the ultra deep. So when he gets one in, I will definitely go check it out and try to resist the urge to sell a few watches to buy the, the titanium <laughs> one i think it's so it's so, so cool it's they're so cool they're kind of silly but in such a great way you know there's some point at which not to get sidetracked here but there's some point at which you know a watch i think watches that kind of ride the fence and are like okay it almost hits the mark whatever but like if it's so over the top it's it, it it's just cool you know it's just uh and and that ultra deep is just like okay no holds barred we're we're shooting for world records and and big chunky things and it's just uh it is what it is and you just have to admire that and i think it's awesome mm-hmm. absolutely and then looking at the new braemont releases where, where do where do you think you'd start with this the new jet stuff or the mm. williams stuff gosh well you know i guess where they started was uh and we can kind of touch on it the williams williams racing you know this is their i believe their second year uh, as a sponsor as a named sponsor on the car uh, for Williams Racing, it's a big and deal. Yeah, it is a big deal for for a brand that that you know is as relatively small as Bremont to have like their name on a on a Formula One car. And uh, I know they're very proud of it. <laughs> They've had a couple of Williams cars actually in the wing. I've seen pictures of that, and that's uh, that's really cool for them. But uh, yeah, that that chrono was sharp. So the, one of their releases was this uh, the Williams Racing chronograph, which um, a very handsome watch. I think there's there are elements of of kind of Zenith in there, a little bit of, a little bit of Daytona, I guess, but in a very mm-hmm. Braemont package, right? Yeah, no, it's, it's a handsome thing. It's, it's a mix, you know, it, Braemont's uh, chronographs have really evolved in, to be these, this very wide range of, of things that all kind of have a similar style, which I think is kind of interesting because the, the, if you take any one of them and, and kind of compare against any another, they do change kind of significantly. Mm-hmm. So this one has, has more of a feeling of a, um, of a of a supermarine, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, with it has a tachometer bezel in black. It's this. It's really beautiful colorway. You know, it, it also kind of reminds me of some of the AC stuff they've done previously. Oh yeah, right. Um, you know, and and I think this is a, a great place to start. You know, it's another another like forty three millimeter watch. Um, but it's in it's in the the guys. It's a little bit away from an alt and a little bit more towards a. a uh, supermarine and so in it to my eyes anyways would you agree jason yeah i think so too and and i was trying to think what is so different about this than other bremont chronographs and it's the it's the configuration of the subdials they this is i believe their first three six nine chronograph they've done bicompacts you know nine and three um but then the others have had that more traditional 7750 layout with the, the 12 six and nine and I think that's where this kind of leans more towards, you know, what, how I described it at first, almost a bit of a Zenith or, or Daytona vibe. And mm-hmm. I think that's where I, I got that is, is it, it's very Bremont, but then it has this, this, this different subdial configuration. And then the, the Panda look mm-hmm. uh, with the flash of color. I think it's, it's a super sharp watch. The only, I guess the only, um, 
quibble someone might have is the size. You know, 43 is a, a big chunky watch. And on this, it'll be a big heavy watch too. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's very Bremont. The, that size has yeah. been them since the start. Yeah. Um, but they have, they are, you know, starting, You we both have S302s at 40 millimeters. Yeah. You know, they're, they're experimenting with other sizes, but I think they, maybe the core in their mind is still a 43 millimeter sports watch. And, and, right. you know, the photos are just, it's a really, really good looking watch. It's yet another just solid looking chronograph. And I like that they didn't go too hard to make it about racing. Yeah. Like it, it absolutely looks like a watch that somebody would wear at a racetrack. Totally. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't, it's it, it kind of, they, they skipped all of the gimmicks. Right. Where the dial has to look like a speedometer or, or, or that sort of thing. You know, it's, it's a little bit more down the middle as far as an, an offering. And I could see someone who doesn't have a, that much of an affinity towards Williams or even Formula One still picking this one. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the only real clear part is, you know, it's got a big signed rotor that has sort of a, a wheel aesthetic to it. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it has a, a, a very general, broad appeal um, in terms of the execution and the colors and, and, and that sort of stuff. Right. And then they then they have this uh, box set that, that they're mm-hmm. releasing as well, which is two watches. And, and the second one... I didn't. They didn't really highlight much during the townhouse um, video, which was really well done, by the way. We can link that. It's this time-only piece that that has a bit of airco to it in terms of the the shape yeah. of the case, and it's you know it's a three-hand watch. Um, but then it's it's pretty dynamic. It's got the the Williams colors, a lot of blue, a beautiful. Uh, I believe that's an Alcantara strap, um, the blue strap that's that's on it. Uh, and then they've packaged that one with. I believe it comes with a wheel nut from one of the cars that was raced last year. And then the, the chronograph is, is a slightly different version. So this is, it's that chronograph we just talked about the Williams racing chronograph, but this one has a DLC case and, and not quite as much of the, the color treatment as the, as the standard one does. So, you know, if you're really into Williams or really into Bremont and, and you want to pony up the, it's going for, I'm looking at the UK site, it's, you know, 15,000 pounds. So that's a big outlay, but, uh, that looks cool too. I don't know if they're going to sell the the non chronograph version separately or if that's only part of the box set. Yeah, so it's a, it, like the the chrono is is essentially the same as the other, just like you said, in a different colorway with the black case. And then the FW44 is the airco based one, so it's forty millimeters. And uh, I, I think they both look really good. It's an interesting idea, like maybe ones for the racetrack, ones for dinner after, like the the, <laughs> the kind of duality of it. I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah. Uh, but I do I do think it makes sense, and I think this is the one. Where, you know, like I said, the the previous one that we were looking at, where with the steel case, um, the you know the standard brush steel case has sort of a generalist appeal. I think this kit is for the the you know Williams you know diehards. Yeah, this yeah. is a, this is some fan work for sure. It's very yeah. cool. Yeah, the black case with the bright white dial, I think, works really well, especially you know with the, the and the ceramic uh, bezel insert, and then the sort of bluey tuxedo-y dial with the suede strap on the the fw44 i I think they both look really good yeah i agree they're cool yeah uh next up we've got uh so a new series of jet so jet is what they've called in the past they're kind of again watches with a blacked out treatment the black case um and such and now we have an airco jet which i think is gorgeous the s502 so uh you know big dive watch and an s500 chrono all in in the jet series um which one of these kind of speaks to you, Jason? I'm a, I'm a big fan. I, I love the S502. I think this this is kind of a the throwback to you know that first S500 kind of evolved, you know, and and to to see with that 
all black. I'm not usually an all black watch kind of guy, but for some reason mm-hmm. on this big like Bremont dive watch, it, it just looks so good. And then the pop of color from the, from the GMT hand, that's the one for me, the, the Supermarine chronograph. I wanted the Supermarine chronograph for years, but I'm, I'm still not totally on board with, with this version of it. Um, I think it does look better in black cause it shrinks it a little bit, but the S502 is the one for me. I think it's, it's just killer. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I, obviously, I, I'm a sucker. I, I ponied up for the 302, um, so it's probably the 502. But the chronograph, especially you, in the video, they've got you know they've got a loom layer, and the you know the the bezel insert is also fully loomed, and yeah. it just looks the, very cool. You know, the black, white, gold. I don't I don't really like gold accents on stuff typically, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but this does look good. It looks nice and subtle. Uh, again, a big watch for me. It's absolutely this Airco Mach One Jet. This is oh, the sort of one yeah. where, like, I would absolutely, if I, if I needed another Bramon, if I didn't have the 302, which I absolutely adore, yeah. this would be on my radar. This is a great-looking watch, sort of in the same headspace as a ceramized IWC, in my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a nice use of a black case and dial, but then in, there's no faux loom here, um, like faux tan coloring. It's white yeah. on top. Yeah. A little bit of red accent at the end of the minute and seconds hand and a few spots around the, the Riot. And, uh, and I, I just think this makes sense. It comes on a really nice looking strap that I, I think will fit the 302 and I may need to buy. Uh, it's this green sort of canvas style strap. Yeah. Uh, I like these. I like this a lot. I, I enjoyed this watch as a steel version, especially the, the Mach 1 where it's the, a little bit more sporty classic. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think, I think all three work really well. But for me and my wrist size and my general taste, it would be this Mach 1 for sure. Yeah. And I, you know, I've always seen the Airco as their kind of smaller, little bit less rugged feeling watch. And this one kind of inches more towards rugged. I mean, just the addition of, of a black case ticks mm-hmm. it up and, and immediately pricks my interest a little bit more than, than even the standard Airco. Uh, the size, it's, it's a very elegant watch, but this, this renders it more sporty, especially on that strap. So that's uh, that's a real winner. I do like that one. And that one's going for about four thousand um, dollars. So right, right in the vein of where they where they normally start. You know, I think I think the the brand starts around thirty six, thirty seven hundred dollars. So yeah, uh, if you're if you're looking if you're eyeing a Bremont and you'd like something with again everyday wearability, but kind of kind of a different, a little bit oddball, I think this is one to keep on your radar. Yeah, it's a good looking watch for sure. So that the Jet series is quite a bit bigger now. I mean, famously they've had the U two kind of the slash five one Jet, the Alt one. Uh, p2 jet and then i don't think they ever called the alt 1b a jet necessarily oh yeah how about the uh the supermarine descent 2 so i, I remember uh back in the day they did this the special edition supermarine descent yeah you know it was a, a blacked out case a black dial and then like mint green accents yeah and that was on on the the gen 1 aesthetic for the the supermarine s500 right and and then now they've they've kind of updated it this time it's a gmt so it's called the Descent Two. It's um, it's a buy kind of a buy metal, a, a two color option. Again, you still have the the lollipop hand, dated three, a, a big sort of oversized markers for a lot of loom, and then you've got the GMT hand in there as well. And the the colorway for the GMT hand is this sort of pale, sort of um, sky blue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they've got that on the strap as well. I I don't love uh uh you know two tone watches, but. I mean, this isn't an ineffective design in any way. It's a cool big GMT. I think I think I'd still lean towards the new 500 GMT G2. 
jet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this one is, it's a very handsome watch. It's not to my specific taste. I, there's a few things I, I'm, I'm with you, the, the, the bi-metal thing, you know, I, I, for a while I was trying out the Oris, uh, diver 65 chronograph that had some bronze in the, in the bezel. Um, Oh yeah. Bico. Yeah. And you know, it's a handsome look. It's just, it's not something I want to look at every day. And then on this Bremont, the, the Arabic numerals don't, I, I, I'm not loving that as much, but the things I do like about it are, Titanium case, fantastic. I, I love that idea on on a big watch like this. Um, and then that that light blue is is a real master stroke. And I love that strap. I mean, I'd love I'd love to put that strap. I don't think it would quite work as effectively uh, as it does on this watch, like on my S two thousand. I just think that that light blue is just so sharp. Mm-hmm. I have a, a kind of that's a ribbed a NATO color. that's that color, and uh, and I think this this strap is great. And of course, they make a great rubber strap. So. I think it's a handsome watch. I, I, it's just, it's not my personal taste. I, th- I think it's a smart addition to the S five hundred lineup. Yeah, because they didn't, you know, they didn't have something that looks like this, and now, and now they do, and it's the GMT. I think this, this absolutely helps to round out the lineup. I just think I, I maybe I'm, I'm more used to the core, or it's my two tone thing. The titanium is really cool, um, and it is neat that you know this is the follow up to what was previously their the brand's first uh, limited edition. Oh yeah. As far as dive watches go, the the original Descent and the the original Descent was a, a colorway for the most part, um, which I think is how you can kind of see this in in terms of how it sits in the in the lineup. So yeah, it certainly makes sense to me. It would be one I'd, it'd be one I'd like to see in person, and maybe maybe the the kind of goldy accents would would kind of hit me the same way they do on some of the great um, like tunas, where I kind of almost like it. The yeah, black yeah. with the with That's some gold, point. right? Yeah, right. It can work. Right, right, it's just, and, and it's it's tough to look at a render and go like, oh, absolutely, right. yeah, yeah. So, well, I mean, you know, to stay in the bronze theme, the the next one we can talk about is the bronze Argonaut, um, mm-hmm. and the Argonaut. You know, I've I've been on record of the of the Armed Forces collection is my least favorite. I think I think you're a fan. I'm I'm not as much of a fan of the Argonaut uh, as as most people, I guess. And then I'm 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 a bit over bronze now, I guess. So this one was a bit of a miss for me. Um, but, you know, again, I mean, I, I might be in the minority on that. I know bronze is hot and and people love a good two crown uh, dive watch. I think that the standard Argonaut is actually like a, a pretty kind of sneaky, cool watch if you've if it suits your wrist. Yeah, it sits a little high. It's not that it's necessarily thick. It's a 42 millimeter, you know, with the stainless. Um, and I reviewed one a while back for uh, Hood Inky. So I'll, I'll throw that in the in the show notes, of course. I think that the update they did a little later, the Azure Blue one with the orange minute hand, yeah, was pretty rad. It, it had a, a bit of that Cousteau IWC vibe. It was you know you could get it on an orange rubber. The funny thing is, is the only problem in my mind that the Argonaut has, and this is in my mind also works with um, the bronze one, is that the Supermarine exists. Yeah, true. So you could you could have the the full fat five hundred meter Supermarine at forty three millimeters. But it doesn't wear like a forty-three millimeter watch. It really does sit down low on your wrist, and yeah. and with the rubber strap, I never found it to feel crazy big. Yeah. And then, of course, in my mind, the one to have is is from the three hundred series at forty millimeters, very wearable, kind of everyday casual, but but very capable three hundred meter dive watch. And I think that the Argonaut kind of sits between the two yeah. as as kind of like a fun alternative. And and with that in mind, the bronze makes sense to me. I wouldn't, the bronze wouldn't be what I would buy. Um, I have yet to really fall in love with a bronze watch. Yeah. 
Yeah. They kind of, they're fun for a couple of days or, or when you've got them. Um, but I, I always end up going back to a steel watch. It's not that different than most black watches. Mm-hmm. I just, I like a steel watch. I think that's, that's maybe what my zone is, but I, I, th- I think these make sense. The blue and the bronze is a great combo with the orange accents on the Riot. Yeah. And the matching strap. Uh, so yeah, I, I could see these being certainly popular and I could also see them looking pretty good with some tarnish. Yeah. And, and I, I think that I was just noticing on the, on one of the crowns, they have kind of the cross hatch, which I, to me, isn't quite as, um, on the nose as some of the other kind of super compressor, adjacent watches that are trying to emulate the original super compressors to me i see like bronze or you know copper dive helmet uh window plate you know like with the mm-hmm. the the cage that goes across the front oh yeah which works which works, works, works with the bronze sure. i think i think mm-hmm. that that's kind of a cool nod and i think for a dive watch bronze is a is a good nod to kind of the kind of maritime uses of uh, of that metal that alloy absolutely and that rounds it out for dive watches. It's nice to see them do a bunch in the dive watch space, right? And yeah. uh, and I think I see a lot of this as uh, and and disagree with me uh, if you do, Jason. But a lot of this feels like line extensions to me. Mm-hmm. You know, the um, aside from the Williams Racing Chrono and then the Chrono that's in the box set, where you, they are kind of doing something that's its own new model. Yeah. Otherwise, we're looking at jet versions of mostly watches that already were around. Uh, Supermarine Descent 2 is, of course, a new watch, but it's within the Supermarine family and, and the rest of it. And then I think the same with the bronze Argonauts. Are, they're, it's these, they're kind of filling out the lines, which I think makes a lot of sense. It does. I, I think they're showing maturity as a brand. I think, you know, for so many years it was new this, new that. Oh, it's a new family. It's the Airco family now, and it's the Armed Forces collection. And at some mm-hmm. point, you, you have to kind of have to settle. Um, and I don't mean settle as in, like, you know, get complacent. I mean, settle as in sort of just get comfortable in their groove. space yeah. and, and mm-hmm. to, to kind of just offer different versions of existing watches shows, I guess, a certain maturity of the brand itself. Yeah. And we're hoping to, to have the chance to have uh, some folks on from Braemont, uh, you know, later in the year, maybe even get out to the wing and see that yeah. when, when it makes sense to do so. And, and my question then would be like, how much of this is, is literally coming from retailers who are like, this is what our customers are asking for. They want more black watches. They want, they yeah. want a two-tone Supermarine. They want, you know, m- more stuff in, in the brown space. Like, I, I, I do wonder how they decide because this is so many watches. I mean, they could they could have just launched the Williams racing set and the Jet, a 502. And I think that that would have been, that would have been enough for them. But I think this shows that maybe, maybe they're under more pressure to expand the line right. from actual retailers. And, and that's just, I'm reading, I'm, I'm making up a, 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 a few sentences and then reading between those lines. I, I don't have any, uh, any grounding for this. I'm just trying to, you know, trying to understand the headspace. Yeah. And then they do, there is one final uh, LE that we haven't talked about, and that's an LE based on the Aero chronograph called the Dam Busters uh, Limited Edition. Yeah. And I, I think this is, I mean, the backstory to the Dam Busters is fascinating. So even if all you learn from reading about this watch is, uh, is the, you know, the historic raid uh, of the Dam Busters. So if you look back, um, basically the watch is a, a special uh, anniversary edition uh, for the 80th anniversary of the Lancaster Bombers, who did this uh, Dam Busters raid. So they're going to make 232 watches, and it's dedicated to the 617 Squadron uh, and done in partnership with the Ministry of Defense, like a lot of these, um, the HMAF sort of stuff is. Yeah, this is uh, this is a sharp watch. I have the the standard arrow, um, and mm-hmm. I, I love a good mono pusher chronograph. I think uh, this edition with the, the kind of the... the faux aged loom, the, the different hands and, and the Arabic numerals. I think it 
it works. I mean, I think it's uh, it's going to be popular for for chronograph lovers that that kind of want that vintage kind of you know World War II type uh, chronograph. And I think Bremont just sits so comfortably in that space. You know, they've they've obviously got a really strong footing in aviation watches uh, and and then their own kind of background doing limited editions uh, with regard to to World War II planes, you know, Spitfires and Mustangs and and things like that. And and this one's cool. It's almost $5,000. It's $49.95 and uh, it does come with with a pair of cufflinks that were um, made with aluminum from the original airframe of uh, one of the Lancasters, which is, you know, cool. I'm not a cufflink guy. I don't really wear yeah. French cuff shirts, but, you know, hey, if you are, and I mean, can you imagine you know, piecing those two together, what kind of a story you could tell at a, at a fancy dinner. I mean, it's pretty fun. So 232 piece limited edition is a nod to the speed at which the planes had to fly oh. 232 miles an hour. Huh. And uh, according at least to the copy from Bremont, it's been a while since I read about Dam Busters, but they had to fly at 60 feet to bounce the bomb at exactly 500 RPM when it was dropped. Crazy. And then it would slam into the dam. Wow. Um, so uh, this is definitely something to look back on and a point of pride. And of course, the Lancaster is like an all-time great plane. I, you know, as a kid, I, I growing up near the Canadian Warplane Heritage Museum, uh, they have one of the only flying Lancasters in the world. Wow. Um, I believe there's two, maybe three. There might be a third now. So that was always something to see. It was, it was quite an event to have one go over at, a, at an air show. They used to do an air show. Uh, every summer, um, and uh, or they do an air show every summer, and it was always exciting to see a Lancaster to do a tour and walk through it. Um, I had always planned on possibly one day doing one of the. They'll take you on flights. I don't know if I genuinely don't know if they still do this, but up until a couple years ago, they did. Wow. Um, it's quite expensive, but you can you can go for a little flight around, you know, just above in the skies over Caledonia, yeah, Ontario. Yeah, but that would be it's super exciting and 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 that sort of thing. And this is a. This is a, a neat sort of tribute, and, and to have the cufflinks made from the the metal from the space frame uh, is is an interesting thing because that's of course something that they've done as their sort of big LEs every now and then, and once a year, maybe a little bit less than once a year, they've been doing these ones where the the watch incorporated a piece of this, and I think this is an interesting evolution where it makes the watch a little bit less precious, like a little bit more of something I could see someone buying and just wearing all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than like some deep collectors thing that you know only a certain group, even within Bremont's audience, truly understands. Yeah. Uh, and then to have these cufflinks, which yeah, most people might use cufflinks a couple times a year, few times a year. Some people way more often. And I think no matter which sort of how often you use them, it was just kind of a cool little footnote, especially if you're wearing uh, the watch at the same time, like you said. Yeah. 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 A neat thing and a, a neat sort of evolution of their using a piece of the history in the watch uh, formula. Yeah. It was, I think that wraps up the the new releases from them. And I think it was, yeah. it's a pretty tight kind of release this year, but a, a, a strong one. And like you said, it's very much a line extension, but uh, a strong showing. I think the jet stuff, it, it, you know, goes a long way towards, you know, w- what you can do with a simple kind of color change and a few tweaks. And absolutely. Do you have a favorite? S502. Yeah, I'd wear that all the time. It's such a cool watch. Yeah. I think for me, it'd be that Airco jet. Oh, yeah. I think if they'd said um, previously, like if, if it had just been a little thing I got on WhatsApp or whatever, like, oh, we're, you know, extending the jet series, I'd go like, oh, well, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then to actually see, hopefully get them, see them in person sometime soon, but to see them come out and, and you know, we'll, like I said, we'll link the video, the presentation video. Yeah. Um, they do such a good job with that. 
yeah, it's well produced and it's conversational and they have an attitude that's so different than the <laughs> I've had to do a ton of these and I have to do a ton in the next two weeks, these digital presentations yeah. in advance of Watches and Wonders. Yeah. And most of them are like plagued with tech tech issues. <laughs> Even the pre recorded ones, like they don't start or the audio's out of sync oh, or or the you know, the chat on the right is out of sync with what's happening in the video and the rest of it. And the Braemont ones just kind of like work and they have a tone that is not at all like a, a a PR company or the the heads of a company sitting down with their with their watches to tell you about them. It's just they just do their own thing. It's super casual. Yeah. Um. But the execution level is really high. So I'd say good on good on Brema. The the twenty twenty two stuff looks pretty solid. Yeah. Um. I'm I'd be interested absolutely to see a few of these in person, especially that Williams Racing Chrono. Mm-hmm. Probably a little big for my taste, but uh, I don't think I, I think it's just a nice refinement of a few different things that they do really well into one watch, and and to do the the you know car brand collaboration or in this case a racing team collaboration um without having the dial say williams and the strap say williams and and all of it just shows like it's it's a nicely sort of reserved take on it yeah i agree and and good timing to the, the the new season formula one season starts i believe this weekend and we'll see how williams does i mean the past few years have been pretty hard on them but uh you know hope springs eternal so. if this if there's a year that some that anyone listening wants to get into formula one i think this is a great year to do it yeah it's a bit of a blank slate for a lot of the teams. There's been some, obviously some driver shuffles and the rest of it. And if you're not sure, and you want to, you want an interesting way of recapping last year, uh, the fourth season of drive to survive just recently launched on, uh, Netflix. I'm two or three episodes in at this point. Oh yeah. I like to uh, watch an episode in the evenings and it, you know, this is a, it, it's become a real reality show. It's about these dramas and tensions and the rest <laughs> of it. But I do think it gives you a, like a very specific look at what it is to run one of these teams yeah. and how much pressure are on the drivers. And, and it communicates a human side that like seeing a clip of an incredible pass or a big crash doesn't. Right. Right. So I, yeah, we've talked about drive to survive in the past. It's been uh, final notes, selections and the rest, but the fourth season so far is really good. And uh, and I think this coming season of Formula One is going to be really exciting. I'm I'm planning for the first time to like buy a subscription to I guess TSN in Canada so I can watch it. Um, and uh, I know at least one of my brothers is doing the same, so it, it might become like the first uh, sporting event that I actually do follow and uh, <laughs> and kind of absorb on on television. Yeah. So I'm, I think it's going to be a, a, an exciting season and obviously huge. Huge, uh, you know, props to uh, Williams. I hope that they have a very successful season. They've got a couple great drivers. If they can get the the car to be competitive, then I think any, it's anyone's game this year for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then one last kind of coda uh, on Bremont. Um, I caught, I subscribed to the, the Watch Pros newsletter um, that comes out uh, mm. daily, and and there was a, a big long interview with Nick English, which, which is worth checking out as well. But um, as, as kind of a, a little side note to that, there was a link to. Peter Speak Marin, who's you know such a respected uh, British watchmaker who had his own brand, uh, which he then sold to a different company, which and it still kept his name. But he now does the Naked Watchmaker website, which dissects uh, and kind of analyzes different movements from all brands, you know, high high end, low end, everything in between. Mm-hmm. And he did a, a dissection of of Bremont's new proprietary movement the eng 300 that they worked on with with the swiss uh movement maker the and i i think this was something that would be of great interest to people that have followed bremont's trajectory and have been interested in kind of their move to to making movements in england and and he he does it in a very clinical very objective way and and he's such a, a skilled and respected watchmaker that i think uh, if you have any questions about the eng 300 it's a it's kind of a good way to kind of see what his take on it is and how it's all built in 
in the wing. So check it out. We'll put a mm-hmm. link in the show notes. Yeah, it's a big, it's a deep dive. Yeah. yeah it's very impressive stuff for sure. That's a great site to cover, uh, just to watch in general. Yeah. Um, I, I just learn a lot about movements that like, it's kind of opaque from an industry standpoint. Right. And, and, and it seems like he's just operating from the love of movement design in many yeah. cases and, and taking them apart and understanding why, why they work and how and the rest of it. Yeah. So pretty good stuff for sure. Yeah. All right. How about some final notes? Yeah, let's do it. Go ahead. Why don't you take it? Oh, I'll go Sorry. first. Okay, let's see. Uh, mine is a recommendation via Matt. Matt sent us an email about a story published to a website called Beside, and it's called The Unlikely Art of Backyard Adventuring. And uh, so many of you listening will know this guy, Bo Miles. He's a, an extreme athlete uh, and a, a successful YouTuber and a writer. Um, I think he'd be an incredible guest. Uh, if any of you know Bo, maybe maybe you know drop, drop him a DM, let him know we'd love to have him on. But he recently wrote a book called The Backyard Adventure, and um, which is described as an ode to the life-affirming wonders of calloused hands and sore feet. And basically, the, the story covers uh, his kind of start in the world of extreme, uh, extreme many things, He's all sorts of stuff. But one day, while kayaking in a very dangerous locale, I don't want to give anything away because it's a nice story. It's well-written, and I think you, you actually kind of want to di- dig into it. Um, but he, he witnessed something that really made him question his connection to how much he's connected adventure with being in unsafe places operating in relatively unsafe ways the risk the the cost the distance from home and so he kind of developed this idea of like um uh, making adventures much more minimal in terms of the expertise that's required in terms of the um distance and the travel and such and and the end result is uh is and he's done a bunch of these for his YouTube, which you, you should absolutely subscribe to. Uh, it's a fantastic one, but uh, it, it's it's a great story. He's got on a, a sweet Seiko. I, I highly recommend it. Huh, that's cool. I, I I haven't heard of him, um, but it sounds very TGN. I think we've talked about kind of the concept of a micro adventure or adventures for kind of everyday people, and I think that's uh, that's definitely in our wheelhouse. So I I, I look forward to checking that out. Yeah, and like some of it, some of it's stuff that he does with his son, and and just what anyone could go for. Other one, like he did a video, a really beautifully produced video. I watched it just before we started recording, where he lives on his block, as he describes it in his thing. It's kind of a rural UK setting. Yeah. Um, his block is a mile. Yeah. So what he did was he did um a, a marathon in twenty six pieces. So it's oh, wow. twenty four hours of marathon. Oh wow! And then between each mile, he would do a task at home, huh. like something he had been meaning to do. Yeah. And I guess this spawned other people doing the same thing. It's it's super fun. I, I highly recommend his YouTube and this story. It, it we'll put I'll put that everything we talked about in the show notes. I think if you dig what Jason and I do, but you'd like to see somebody like who are spending more of their time actually doing stuff and less thinking and learning about watches. Yeah. Uh, I think I think. Uh, Bo is is a Bo Miles is a really good uh, good thing to add to your kind of content scope. Nice one. Yeah. Well, I've got uh, I've got an interesting one that that you know I, I stumbled upon because I subscribed to to Patagonia on YouTube and they they always put up such uh, great videos and then a number of listeners and, and followers on Instagram uh, also recommended it as well. So I they they Patagonia does these these wonderful short films oftentimes on their YouTube channel and this one comes from them. It's called Game Hawker. And it's, it's such a, an interesting topic. It's about a guy who's a a falconer, uh, you know, and that, that always has struck me as such a medieval old fashioned 
yeah, occupation, if you call it, or, or avocation, uh, you know, people that are devoted to, to working with raptors, you know, hawks, falcons, eagles, owls, I suppose. And in this case, there's a twist to it because this is, uh, this is a guy who's, he's African-American. I believe he's based in somewhere out West. I can't remember. I think it's like, you know, Wyoming or Colorado or something. And, and he's, uh, he's become this respected figure in this, uh, you know, very arcane niche field of falconry. And he's traveled around the world. He's spoken at different events. He meets up with people in, I think there, he was in Poland and or Hungary or something. And, and, you know, they have these get togethers and they, he travels with the birds and, um, and the way that he trains them in his house and kind of his story of how he got there is, it was just fascinating to me. And, and it's another one of these stories where you, you get a glimpse into somebody who's doing something that is so different from anything I'm expo- I've been exposed to or interested in. And, and yet you see this, the depth of commitment and knowledge and skill and it just makes me shake my head. And I think, you know, what else is out there? I, uh, you know, falconry is, is just fascinating. I, I, I love raptors anyway. I love to watch them and read about them oh, and, yeah. and just watch them in slow motion and see photos of them. I think they're just the most amazing creatures. Uh, and then to actually kind of work with them, these, these big, you know, extremely honed predators, you know, sitting on your arm and then, and then flying and catching something and bringing it back and, and whatever. It's just, uh, Beautifully done. Uh, and, and you know, who knew that Yvonne Chouinard used to be involved with falconry? I mean, he appears <laughs> briefly in this video. I mean, is, is there anything this guy hasn't done? What a wonderful dude. Um, so he's in it as well. But uh, Sean Hayes is the is the subject of this uh, this great video. Cool. So check it out. Game Hawker. Yeah. Game Hawker and the unlikely art of backyard adventuring. Find it all in the show notes. I think that's a show, Jason. I think so, too. As always, thanks to everyone for listening. If you want to subscribe to the show notes, get into the comments for each episode, and we encourage you to do so. Or if you want to, uh, maybe you're considering supporting the show directly. And uh, if you do, you can possibly even grab a new TGN signed NATO. Please visit thegraynado.com. Music throughout the show is Siesta by Jazzar via the free music archive. And we leave you with this quote from Henry David Thoreau, who said, Not until we are lost do we begin to understand ourselves. Uh,